And I mean, like, everyone's trying to tell me their issues, and I'm like, bitch, can you just cue up my drum? Welcome to Rebel Girls Book Club. I'm Harmony. And I'm Maggie. And we're here to take an intersectional, feminist approach to books from all over the spectrum. Bestsellers, we've got you covered. That one book from English class you hated while you read but you can't forget? We've got that too. Comic books? Nonfiction? It's all right here. So grab your tea, grab your blanket, and let's get rebellious about your favorite new reads. Hello, welcome back to Rebel Girls Book Club. My name is Maggie. And I am Harmony. And this week we are doing the spring cleaning book tag, which was created by a booktuber, Jen at Book Syrup. So thanks, Jen. We appreciate you. To get us started, we've got the struggle of getting started in spring cleaning, which is a book or a book series that you've struggled to begin because of its size. Game of Thrones. And The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's it for me. Fair enough. Epic fantasy is a pain in the ass that way in those two series specifically, especially because GRM was so heavily inspired by Tolkien. Very dense, very detail-oriented, very, we could have solved this 400 pages ago. So I feel that. I think for me, the book is probably War and Peace by Tolstoy. I really enjoy most of Tolstoy's works. Anna Karenina is one of my favorite books. And I really want to read War and Peace. I've heard that it's one of the most worthwhile long books that you can read, especially if you're into like Russian literature in the 19th century, which are both my buzzwords. But it's so long and the beginning is so dry and so dense that I just find myself continually picking it up and putting it down and picking it up and putting it down. And that's not the kind of book that you want to be doing that with. It just does not work that way. So that's my answer. Our next question is Cleaning Out the Closet, a book and or book series that you want to unhaul, which is going to be tricky. There's so many books I want to unhaul. Maggie, do you do you have anything off the top of your head? I would say off the top of my head, what comes to mind is Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace or David Wallace Foster, whatever his name is. I feel like there was a time in my life where I wanted to be that pretentious person who read David Foster Wallace. But that's just not true anymore. And it seems like it's just kind of 1100 pages of just like inane white dudeness. And I just don't think I need that in my life. But it's still it's come with me to I think 14 different houses now and I still have it. So it's got to go. Oh, okay. I I misunderstood. I misunderstood this question. So are there any books that I really want to get rid of? I don't know. I'm such a hoarder. And I haven't read the majority of the books I'm hoarding which is a problem. I think I think that oh it's a Hemingway. It's like something rising. Do you know what I'm talking about? The sun also rises. Is that is that the one cuz I know I read a Hemingway that I liked and then I also read a Hemingway that I didn't like. Or I tried to read it and I it, it's not for me. That is indeed the Hemingway. That is indeed the Hemingway. Yeah, I don't need that. Some boy told me to read that and it wasn't very good from what I read, and I'm never going to get back into it. And anyone who's offended can come at me. I feel that. I've read a couple of Hemingways, and I really jive with A Farewell to Arms specifically, but everything else I've read was mediocre at best after that. And now knowing what I do about who Hemingway was as a person, like, I just don't know that I want to go back. You know, not for me, I don't think. 
I agree. I liked the man in the sea and I liked the farewell to arms, but yeah, not not anything else really. So our next question is going to be opening the windows and letting fresh air in, a book that felt refreshing while you were reading it. I don't know. I guess probably I'm going to go with Honey Girl because as anyone who's listened to the podcast this season knows, that was the book that took up my entirety of 2021 and it was because it was refreshing for some reason. And it was, it kind of coincided very nicely with my re-entrance into romance. And then it was, it was a little bit after my re-entrance. So it was like, okay, I kind of like romance now, but now here's something beautiful with romance where like, not that romance is bad writing, but you know, it's fluffy. It's like, I'm not necessarily there for the art, but this was art and it was beautiful and fantasy filled. And I just really vibed with the whole thing. Yeah, I, I feel that. I think for me, I'm going to go with Detransition Baby by Tori Peters for my answer to this question. And I think that it's because I so rarely read books that I think are funny. And Detransition Baby is so funny while also being so raw and so real and so dark. And I think that it really reminded me, my two most read genres every single year are fantasy and literary fiction. But I find that I don't often give literary fiction particularly high ratings for enjoyment, even though often they'll get high ratings because I think that they were well-crafted and said what they wanted to say. And every once in a while, though, I I find I keep reading it because when you find a literary fiction book that's just based in the real world that really gets you and just hits your heart in that way... There's nothing better. It, for me, it's it's one of the most powerful reading experiences you can have. And I feel like Detransition Baby was one of those books that really just knocked my socks off, was totally just based in this world. And I cannot stop thinking about it. Our next question is washing out sheet stains. I hope you're doing that more than just in screen cleaning, my friends. I'm not going to lie to you. No judgment if not, but like, I'm just going to throw that out there. A book that you wish you could rewrite a certain scene in. These questions are so hard, Maggie. Uh, I don't know. What do you mean rewrite? I guess because we didn't like it? I don't know. My thoughts. <laughs> the only thing I can think of isn't a book. I really, really, I really want to rewrite the second season of Bridgerton. Maybe the B scene. And... Listeners who get it will get it. It just, it wasn't sexy enough and it was ridiculous. And I'm really sad because I had, I I thought maybe Bridgerton would have learned from like all of the problems they had last season. And I, I don't know what they did, but the point is they lost all the fun and the sexy, but that's not a book, but that's, that's what we have. We have a show. So Maggie, what about you? I think I would rewrite certain scenes in Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files which is a book series that I read in our freshman year of college because the boy I was into at the time liked them and recommended them to me. And I think I read them at the perfect time in my life because I was really into adult fantasy at that point and but was still new at adult fantasy and wasn't necessarily quite as critical of a reader as I learned to be while I was in undergrad in terms of looking at portrayals of women and things like that. And I love the Dresden Files, but looking back on them, I wish that I could rewrite some of the scenes in the beginning couple of novels where Harry Dresden, the main character, was just a little too misogynistic. 
part of it was because Butcher was playing with tropes that he subverted throughout the whole book series. So you had to really set Harry up as being one way in order to really set up that character growth. And I get that. And I think by the end, he's done that. But it really made the first three novels hard to read. And I wish I could like scale that back to make the whole series a more enjoyable reading experience now. Now that you've said that, <laughs> what's that book that we read that was also like Jesus fan fiction? We read The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. Yes, I think we lost a few listeners because of our, our take on that book. But I would rewrite all of the problems that we had with The Book of Longings because outside of the very problematic scenes that they had, like it was a very, it was a beautiful book. So. If only, if only. She was so close. I didn't realize we lost listeners because of that episode. But honestly, after that whole six-week dive we did into our hot takes on Christianity, I'm not that surprised. That's a really great answer, though, because I feel like that is one of those books where, I don't know, for like my personal tastes and what I think equity looks like in books, it didn't really hit the mark. But it's so it was so close because it was so beautiful and it had such great things to say. But that one character just made it really be like, ooh, nope, gotta think differently about that now. All right, so our next question is throwing out unnecessary knickknacks. We're going to go with the Marie Kondo method here, apparently. A book in a series that you didn't think was actually necessary. A book in a series that wasn't necessary. I don't know, Maggie. I don't know. I need to think about this, and and you need to go. Well, I think. I think that I don't typically have problems with series when they were meant to be series from the start. I think that sometimes, though, books will, after the fact, get sequels. And I'm like, this was a perfectly serviceable standalone. There's a new book coming out called Different Seasons, I think, by Shauna McGuire or something like that. And I loved the first book, Middle Game. Adored it. I'm probably going to read Different Seasons. But it was initially written to be a standalone, and it was meant to be a standalone, and it wrapped up perfectly. So there is part of me that feels like, why are we getting a sequel? And I trust Shauna McGuire, and I'm sure it's going to be good, but it still doesn't erase that feeling for me of, I don't understand why this was necessary to continue this world that was clearly wrapped up to begin with, you know? I do. I don't think I read books like that. I'm really thinking and it's like all of the books, the books that I have read that have had sequels that maybe wouldn't have been series have also been good and I want more. And so there's just really no book in a series that I've read because I think if I have, if I, I think if I commit to a series and I'm going to read the other book, like I really have to like it. So I don't know. I don't have an answer for that one. I'm null. I think that this question was trying to push because I feel like there's this widespread opinion out there that often in series, the second book, there's the second book slump sort of thing where it's like, did this really have to be a three book series when the second book was literally all just set up for the third book? And I feel that, but I think that kind of like you, if I'm in the series like that, it's because I want every bit of boring content. So like, I don't really care if the second book is set up. It typically doesn't bother me and if it does to me it's kind of just a signal that I probably shouldn't have continued on in the series to begin with so our next question is polishing the doorknobs a book that had a clean finish which I'm just going to interpret as a book that felt like it had a ending that wrapped up and we enjoyed 
I mean, there are so many books that have clean finishes. I guess I'm going to go with The Inheritance of Orcadia Divinia. I think that's... Maggie will correct this. Maggie is nodding. I think that's the name. I think I said it right. But yeah, I think that book had a lot going on. And then it just kind of like, it it ended up resolved in the last the last little bit. And I was really surprised that it ended up resolved. All right, Miss Maggie, what about you? I'm going to go with The School for Good Mothers by Jessamine Chan, which I read recently. And this book had one of the saddest and most heartbreaking and most poignant endings I've ever read. But I think that given the nature of the book and what it was talking about in terms of its critiques of how we think about child protective services in this country and who is often sort of the victim unnecessarily of having CPS called on them, there was, I don't think there was really another way this book could have ended that would have felt like it was making the point that the author wanted to make even if it did make me cry a lot, you know? Next up on our list of spring cleaning items, Reaching to Dust the Fan, a book that tried too hard to relay a certain message. All right, Maggie, are you ready for this? I think The Lost Apothecary, which I just read, may have tried a little too hard to relay the message of independence. I I don't know. Or the message of going after your dreams. It, it tried too hard at something. I'm not quite sure what, but it definitely tried a little too hard. Wrong agree on that one. I have a lot of thoughts about that book because I feel like it could have been really good. And for me, the contemporary perspective didn't work as well as the perspective of what was happening in the past and muddled the message while also feeling like it was overbearing on the message simultaneously. So I agree with that. I think for me, the answer, and this is going to be controversial, please don't hate me, is books written by Ursula K. Le Guin. And Ursula K. Le Guin is so famous because she writes books. Harmony looks horrified. She writes books with these social narratives, and they're all often about one specific aspect of our society. And I really respect them for that. And I really respect her going into fiction with such a message to give. But I think for me, I've read quite a few of her books, and outside of The Left Hand of Darkness, they just haven't worked for me. So that's my hot take for the day. I haven't read that. I haven't read anything by her, but I know that she's a really big popular author. And I want to read her, so it's interesting. This is an interesting hot take. Maggie might get hate mail, but please don't send hate mail because that's not nice. I really respect her. I think she's a good writer. It's just for my personal preferences, she goes a little too hard on what she's trying to get across. Our next question, and our last question, is the tiring yet satisfying finish of spring cleaning. A book series or a book that was tiring to get through but felt satisfying at the end. Last year, I read the Bridgerton novels. And that was tiring to get through. It was just, it was, it was a journey I needed to go on. And by the end, I was satisfied because I had read these mediocre books. (laughs) And I had gotten it out of my system. And also Twilight. If you've ever read the Twilight series, I think every experience I've had reading the Twilight series, which is twice, I've I've read it twice. But you know, it, it it came out when I was a teenager and 
in pieces. So I read it as a teenager in pieces, and then I read it again as an adult. It was definitely tiring to get through. But by the end, it was like, okay, I'm up on the pop culture. Both of those were pop culture reads. I just needed to know so that I had a better understanding of what was going on in the world of pop culture. <laughs> that's interesting. That's a really interesting take. I thought you were going to say Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. No. That was not tiring to get through. That was delightful. It was just very long. And I think you were tired of hearing about it because you read so fast. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I think that my answer to this question is 1Q84 by Haruki Murakami. Haruki Murakami is my favorite author. And I've actually been going through and rereading some of his novels recently because I've read most of his backlist and he's old and I'm scared that I'm eventually going to run out of new things. So I've been hoarding the stuff I haven't read for a later date. And I read 1Q84 for the first time between my junior and senior years of high school. And it's a very, very long, very, very dense novel. And I think especially I was like 16 at the time. It felt it was like my one of my first forays into like serious adult literary fiction (laughs) and it took a lot out of me and then I finished it and I was like holy shit that was a masterpiece so that's what's coming to mind for me in terms of something that took a lot of effort but was worth it at the end and that is it for this book tag next week we're reading clap when you land by Elizabeth Acevedo Harmony is there anything you'd like to say to the people hi people there's nothing I want to say to you and we will talk to you next week with this novel by Elizabeth Acevedo Bye! Bye! Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher app. You can support this podcast by going to anchor.fm slash RGBC and clicking the support this podcast button. Our episode schedule can be found in our show notes or by going to our website, rebelgirlsbook.club and clicking read along with the show. You can follow us at RGBC Pod on Instagram, at Rebel Girls Book Club on Facebook, at Rebel Girls Book One on Twitter, and you can email us at rebelgirlsbookclub at gmail.com. Our theme song is called Pretty Boys Make Me Feel Ugly, and it's by The Gays. See you soon, and remember to read rebelliously. Rebel Girls Book Club is a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts.